Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome back to another episode of the Killer Pod from Outer Space. I am your host for our Catching Up with the Crew episode tonight, Brother Pete. And I'm here, as always, with two of my Killer Pod brothers, Brother Vinny. Hello, everybody. And Brother Sean. Killer Pod crew, what's up? What is happening? We are here celebrating in a little little way our wild card victory with yes. our beloved Philadelphia Phillies. Yes. In uh, dominant fashion. Yeah, that was uh, just a great quick two game win, but like they showed they showed all the chops that this team has in two games. Truly setting the tone for what is going to be a uh, a, 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 a boxing match, I believe. I think it's going to be playoff, a real of, of a playoff battle. series. Um, now, my boss, you know, he said, you know, Braves scare the shit out of him. You know what? If I'm the Braves, I'm afraid. You Braves see that pitching, team? Their pitching staff's a little banged up. Uh, I don't. Yeah, they're number three. Know about they're number three starters. Ruled out for the series. They're uh, number one. Um, drawing a blank on his name right now. He's got like some kind of massive warming up or doing simulated games. But you can't wear a band-aid during a regulation game. So, yeah. Uh, I think the Braves fans are probably a little concerned. I mean, it, it's going to be a showdown, I think. And I think it's going yeah, mean... to be an offensive showdown. Like These are going to be like eight, nine run games, I think, the entire series. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we, you know, Phillies, they kept, they stuck with it all season long, improved more and more as the season went on. And, uh, I know our listeners, you know, this might not be the content they're here for, but we just want to, we just want to give them the, the praise they deserve real quick. But, uh, you know, this is what they're built for and they, they step, they step it up in the playoffs and, uh. My dad, you know, he's always hated Atlanta, the city, not just not the city and the fans <laughs> and and the teams. Um, you know, he he's a lifetime of watching the Braves, you know, be basically on top of the division most of his life. Um, and he's always said in reference to General Sherman's march to the sea during the Civil War when he when he lit Atlanta on fire, he said, General Sherman, he said he should have burnt it more. That's always what he said my whole life in reference to Atlanta. So when they won the game last night, first thing I did is I texted him. I said, let's do what Sherman couldn't finish or didn't finish or whatever. Because <laughs> um, fuck the Braves and fuck their racist that Tomahawk chop. You know, I just hate that shit. So, um, you know, we, we did pretty good against the Braves. We did better against the Braves during the regular season, I think, than we did the Marlins. And we just rolled over the Marlins. So especially Marlins especially a, the end of the season, they took care of the Braves. Yeah, so. Um, and, uh, again, sorry, non-Southeast PA sports fans. Two quick Phillies stories from this, from this start of the playoffs. Um, one, I don't know if you guys saw, I was enjoying a nice uh, abomination 
Brewing Company uh, beer last night. Cool Abomination uh, shared on their on their stories my post. Cool. Later in the day, they ended up messaging me, like I guess that in a way apologizing. They were going to take the post down uh, and said they didn't realize they didn't catch the Phillies logo in there, and they're they're a brewery. I think they're definitely out of. Uh, New York City, like boroughs. I'm pretty sure it's Queens, and I guess they were getting. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I don't know that happened. That's funny. Um, the other thing, I am definitely. I watch them, and I pick up on these little traditions. I do uh, with like a victory, like um, blast, harden the paint by Waka Flocka Flame, like, <clears throat> unbearably loud in the house. Uh, and then I picked up a new one for the Phillies last night that I'm going to continue through the playoffs. I don't know if you guys caught it. They were doing like a sweeping view of the crowd. And I caught I caught this kid. He's, he's like a young teenager. No Phillies apparel of any kind. No hat, no nothing. Just wearing a Warriors movie t-shirt. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. This kid's at a Phillies game wearing a Warriors movie t-shirt. Uh, and then Steph... I also learned in that moment has never seen Warriors, so I started. Ooh. I started doing the famous quote: "The Warriors come out to play," and it annoyed her. So then I started doing it every time the Phillies had a big play, and then I got. You got it. Were you clinking two bottles I together? Got, I got three bottles out of the recycling bin, <laughs> clink, and I did that the rest of the game, and that will awesome. that will continue for the rest of the playoffs. Man, you got to... When you gotta imagine Scott hit that, that that grand slam, I was going at it hard with that quote. Oh yeah, Warriors! <laughs> you gotta imagine with all like, I mean, we're we're obviously huge movie people, and uh, being fans of team of teams from easily. I mean, you watch these, you watch these, watch Eagles games, watch Phillies games, and t- and try and tell us that we're not the greatest sports town. Oh yeah. Uh, you're not. Was... You're not going to convince us. You're not going to convince us it's Boston anymore. Boston had the reputation for long enough. It's not Boston anymore. Mm-hmm. It's Philly, and it's not New York because there's too many teams. They're divided. Yeah. Philly, Philly. You, you, you come. You come around. You know. You ask people. People are would. People are willing to cut off their hand for a World Series. You ask. You ask them. But uh, you know, obviously, the the storied history of of Rocky is is deep, deeply ingrained in. Philadelphia sports, they're always playing the doom, doom between plays and in the, uh, you know, before the, in the, for the Phillies, uh, they do the same shit for the Eagles. Um, but uh, just in reference to your Warriors thing, you got to imagine the Golden State Warriors, you got to play that shit all the time. Uh, I wonder if they do. Probably not because they're a lame West Coast team. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I like when um, uh, any of the sports teams like they do the the dramatic bells and then the quote too. Win, win, Rocky. Oh yeah. Um, I don't never. I mean, I was pretty young, so I wasn't brought. But my dad, um, especially back then, when he, lived, when he was still living in the area um, permanently, uh, went to a lot of Eagles games when the when the link opened. And, um, you know, they, it was the first, like the opening, like real game of the link. And like, 
they're playing the ins- inspirational music and the, all the lights in the stadium go down and a spotlight goes out and it's fucking Sylvester Stallone standing there in a Deuce Daly jersey just flexing. <laughs> you can find the picture. You can find the picture online. It's there. And it's just like, I, I can just imagine the roar of that crowd, man. <laughs> um, cool. So, anyways, we love Philly sports. Uh, you've heard us talk about it before. Uh, and you'll hear us talking about it again. But, um, but, um, that's just our little piece there. Um, why don't we roll into what we're drinking beers? Sean, what do you got? (laughs) I have a, uh, I have a beer from broken goblet called no one likes us. We don't care. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Ode ode to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it's an unfiltered IPA. Uh, I've been really digging their can art. It's like a uh, stained glass mosaic, Brian Dawkins jersey, the underdog masks. Hell yeah. I've only just started seen seeing one. their beers over the last couple of months. Yeah, like yeah I, never, I never see their beers. They must have just started canning within the last like six months or so. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, this just is a... Uh, Solid IPA. It says brewed and canned at yards. Um, so yards must be. I, I don't know if this is a collaboration with them. Oh, okay. Six maybe they, maybe maybe they they gave them the recipe for for big for uh you know big release. Yeah, I mean yard farm. Yard certainly has the facilities to do it. Yeah, and they're and they're a big they're a friendly local. You know they mm. do shit like that. They got the facilities. Hey, it's good. Unfiltered, you can tell it's a little. Uh, I don't even know what the right word for that is, but you can tell it's an unfiltered IPA. Uh, a, little a little extra funkiness, a little bite to it. Just to gotta chew a mm, little bit. Mm-hmm. I like that. Sometimes. So to to comment on um, Broken Goblet hosts a lot of uh, live music. I I've still never made it to a show, but that might change because. I recently saw that they're hosting a throwback to our youth. They're hosting from autumn to ashes reunion. Oh, really? In December. That is intriguing. I have yet yet to hear who they're playing with, but I think I'm gonna go. It's on a Monday. Oh, perfect. Uh which perfect. works for me. Yeah, I'd be um, that. So uh more on that later. Yeah, remind but, um, me remind me on that. I am in one hundred percent. Yeah. All right, cool. Especially for a I'm gonna, Monday. Yeah, Forget yeah. it. I'm off I'll every talk Monday. To you about anyway. it. Yeah, I'll talk to you. We'll, we'll we'll bring it up soon in the group chat, and uh, I'll grab tickets. Have you? Oh yeah. Have you been in that uh, that newer location? No, I know you used to go there a lot, right? Well, we uh, I especially went a lot uh, with my dad at their old location, which was basically you can tell it was like a dentist office that they very crudely. <laughs> converted into a, a a bar and they had like a glorified home brew set up and they were they were making bangers back then then they obviously grew and expanded into a full-size uh microbrewery and, and an awesome setup um still in bucks county but the the whole music venue concert hall thing like it it basically is like uh not quite the size of the electric factory but like that kind of setup like you, you can tell it was built to host concerts it's not like they just have like on the brewery floor, like sort of like the Chamonix Creek does. Like they ho- they host cool shows, but they just have the band. 
sweet. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I think that might be something we can probably convince our friend Matt to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend from Camp Blood, local dude. Um, Vinny, what do you got tonight? I'm on the Ashes reunion. Uh, so I've been very excited. Oh, never mind. What am I talking about? 8%. That's doable. Uh, so this is KCBC, King County Brewers Collective. I've uh, had them many times in the show, mostly because I really appreciate it. It has the awesome alien artwork. It has the the egg um, kind of cracked open and spilling goo out onto the KCBC logo. And then it has like a snail version of a version of a xenomorph. And it is perfect. Double IP. Nice. Yeah, I mean, when the, when the brewery can nail having, like, cool... Uh, so they have everything from, like, superhero-type names, sci-fi, wrestling, horror. So when you're in that um, that zone for us and cranking out awesome beers, that's a brewery for us. Hell yeah. Mm, quite good. Um, I don't know why I thought it was such a high ABV. I would have had this a lot sooner. I thought it was, like, a 10%er. Uh, tonight I'm going with a, I think it's a carryover from kind of beginning of the season. I found it in the corner of my fridge because I don't know if they keep this going all season long, but I have the Sly Fox Slugger, uh, Phillies inspired beer. It's got the old school, uh, powder blue maroon colors on it. Um, that, uh, Sly Fox put out, I think pretty much in the beginning of the baseball season. They kept it going going all season long. Oh, okay. I would say I had one of those a couple... um, August? August August-ish? I picked up a six-pack. That has become my uh, go-to beer at the ballpark at Citizens Bank. I just know that I bought like a 24 of these in the beginning of the season, and I just somehow missed this one, and it's been in the corner of my fridge for a while. Perfect. Nice. Delicious, delicious, perfect uh, unfiltered Pilsner. Low ABV, 5.2. Just a great, crushable baseball beer. Sweet. Dig it. Yeah, it's a good one. It's sweet can art, too. It's got that ba- the sweet baby blue and the yeah, um, the dark maroon. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, not to get back on a tangent, but um, I think that arguably, from all of history... Until now, Phillies have some of the the sleekest, slickest looking jerseys ever. I mean, the 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 red and white pinstripe to me right now, hottest hottest jersey. My favorite one was their classic, their, their cream jerseys that they did back in like the uh-huh. 2012 yeah, I like era. I think they still run them out. Those were so good. They changed it a little bit. It's a little bit lighter. Uh, it's like slightly lighter cream now, I guess. But I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um, um, across all the Philadelphia sports teams, I mean, we've got to be, if not the best, one of the best in terms of jerseys across the board. I mean, the Flyers orange and the black is iconic. Uh, the, the Eagles Eagles green. The, the Kelly green ones that they put out, that they re-released this year, like, in, I don't know how they judge it, but like in like the release time to whatever – it's already like, like set records for quickest, highest selling, in like whatever certain period of time. I mean, yep. people fucking tailgated the release of those jerseys oh, yeah, that was, that was at so the funny. stadium. 
So funny. So, um, so, uh, just wanted to, you know, these catching up the crew episodes were just chilling. I have a little bit of main topic for us to go over, but, uh, we went over a little bit more than usual in the last time, but, um, anything fun, interesting you guys have been watching since we were last together? I, uh, I, I go, go, go ahead, go ahead, Vinny. Either. You sure? Yeah. All right. I just uh, went on this past Tuesday, a couple of days ago, to see uh, Saw X. And I was going in uh, probably a little overhyped just because it's been a while since we've had one. Uh, Spiral was the last movie in the franchise to come out, and that was pretty disappointing. So I was going, to, going in a little bit hyped. Uh, didn't know much about it. Was avoiding uh, trailers and, and too much um, synopsis reveals, and uh, I was pleasantly uh, surprised at how much I enjoyed it, even going in um, with high expectations. It was really well done. Complete complete departure from uh, the way these movies in this franchise have gone before. It's a like, I don't want to see really brutal, brutal, uh, violent kills, which even like, like Steph had her cool movie. It was, I liked how from those two movies, it was, uh, I recommend it for sure. Even if you like, even if you lost interest in the franchise as all the sequels went on and on. Yeah. I've heard, I've, I've heard a lot of good things actually. Yeah. I guess that's like what made me feel even better about it. Uh, not even seeing like critic reviews, just like from people that I follow on Instagram or um, friends of ours. Yeah, I I will be checking it out eventually. I just don't know uh, with work being kind of crazy right now. I don't know when I can make it out to the theater, but um, hopefully soon. It'll yeah, hit, I'm gonna. It'll hit one of the. Now I want to try to get out to see it. I haven't been to see a movie in the theaters for a month or two. Um. I haven't really been doing the 31 days of October. Uh, I just got back from Maine yesterday. So I was up there for a buddy's wedding and ate a whole shitload of lobster rolls and drank a bunch of good beers. We did a bunch of good breweries up there. Hell yeah. Um, but we did watch both Goosebumps, which I didn't... I like Jack Black, but I didn't think that movie was that great. I wanted to like it so much more than I did. Uh, yeah, I, we wanted. I mean, we had fun with it, but it was just. I ended up falling asleep. It wasn't. It wasn't great. I don't need uh, more goosebumps. No. No, um, that the uh, what is it? A new movie or series is coming out? Goosebumps. It looks more promising. Yeah, Justin I mean, Long. Justin Long. Yeah, good, good, um, good cast. Uh, the books. Good choice of, of books. Uh, some of my favorites in the series. Uh, the only thing that would maybe give me a little pause is that's on Disney Plus, but I mean it, they're kids' books, so I guess you know it is what it is. But I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch them all. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll definitely watch them too. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, his more intense books, Arl Stein, you know, Fear Street, that's on Netflix. Those are those are you know no shit. You know, they don't hold back the violence in those. So. No, those movies were uh, pretty legit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was this other one? It was like 
babysitters something something like horror but like but horror yeah, yeah. um babysitter series something looks like, yeah it looks like it was literally called the babysitter oh, oh really? okay i didn't read that series because that was more for the female demographic but i read all the goosebumps and i'm pretty sure I. wow when did he start when did he stop putting them out I think he's still. I think he still like, writes. This. I mean, uh, I know he still not, writes. I, mean, I don't know if he's still putting out goosebumps. Goosebumps is the ones from our yeah. childhood. Um, I don't know when it stopped. I feel like it kept going, kind of past when I was reading them, but probably not much longer. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was reading. But Google was like, says 1997. Oh, so earlier than I thought. All right. Huh. Then that was probably was around the time. But there, there was some spinoff series that went into the 2000s and are currently happening now. Okay. Oh, okay. So in some form or another, it's still kind of going on. I was going to say because 97 sounds around, about around the time the show probably started. But that that was the original series. That that's when the original run ended. Right. Um, uh, I think the only other thing we watched was Hocus Pocus, which is not like my favorite fall time movie to watch but that's you know it gets you in the spirit of things one. yeah it's it definitely, fine. It's it definitely fine. has the spirit gives of, you the vibes of autumn and halloween for sure definitely when it's the vibes. it's hard to get gia to watch anything too scary so hocus pocus is a good medium for us to both get something out of it she's not gonna watch the last shift anytime soon she she will never watch the last shift <laughs> <laughs> um so, uh, I haven't been watching any TV shows recently, but I'll just give you the, I mean, these guys have seen my posts, but the rundown on the first five movies I've watched, actually six movies, um, for my October watch list, um, I started off with the Hammer Horror series, Horror of Dracula, and then Brides of Dracula. Um, both great, fun, love, uh, I love, um, Peter Cushing. He's great. I've never seen Brides of Dracula. I have to get on that. It's a little slow, but, um, it's only like an hour and 20 minutes. So, um, and it's still Peter Cushing as Van Helsing. So, you know, reprising his role. So it's good. I'm very excited. Uh, Just to, sorry to interrupt real quick. No, no. I think Sean mentioned it. Uh, last episode, so I mean, that's what got in Steph's head. But Steph requested to crush a bunch of Universal classic Universal monster movies for the Halloween season, and I'm all over that. So I, I brought the Blu-ray box set up, and we're gonna start hitting those. That's awesome, dude. They, they're that's perfect for Steph, and honestly, perfect for Gia because they're not like gory. That you get a you get like some creepy vibes, but it's mostly yeah. atmosphere. It's like it's, atmospheric. It's more, it's, it's more spooky than scary, right? No, that's that's awesome. That's a great uh, October watch. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun, especially all like the the goofy sequels. Yeah, oh, I love that. Um, I uh, followed those up with uh, one that I had never seen. I mean, most of these I, I'm going mostly movies I haven't seen yet, and some of them are big ones you'd think I would have, but um, and this kind of fits in the this uh, the 
Arl Stein goosebumps because this movie feels like uh, feels like a Stephen King movie, and it feels like it's almost a spoof on a Stephen King book movie thing. But uh, in the Mouth of Madness, um, John Carpenter, 1994, uh, kind of one that's like back burner. John Carpenter, you don't hear talk about a lot, but um, still beloved, especially amongst the yeah. John Carpenter fans. Yeah, and it's, it's a Sam Neill movie, and yeah. if you listen to our last episode, uh, can't say enough good about Sam Neill. He is as good as he is in anything else. This, and this came out same year as uh, Jurassic Park, so or or was Jurassic Park ninety three, ninety three? Um, but yeah, this is the year after. So, um, well, really, so, good. No, go ahead. I'm, well, that was going to lead me to a question for you guys because it's the damnedest thing like you guys know how much i love john carpenter know how much i love sam neill and after in the mouth of madness yeah but they're gonna say jurassic park no (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck man i got i got got an original sign from the theater when jurassic park came out not 10 feet away from me um but no in the mouth i've given it so many rewatches uh, and I've given myself like years in between. And my question for you guys is: Is there a, like a a cult classic or beloved movie that everyone seems to love, but you just can't get into after after a bunch of rewatches? Uh, oh, I'm sure I, there is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of The Shining. I've said it before. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that. I, I don't I hate it, but I just like I'm not like I'm never like I need to watch this. I say that a lot. Um, the bar scene alone just ugh. I think I think it's because I saw it too late I didn't see it for I didn't see it until like well, five years when, ago for the first time when I was a kid acting so much more yeah um, I thought you were going to say Under Siege <laughs> you thought we were both going to simultaneously say Under Siege <laughs> <laughs> that we appreciate beloved, it for its artistry the, beloved by the masses but yeah, beloved by many <laughs> uh, I'm sure there. I, I don't know. I mean, Sean shared his uh, general underwhelmedness with some of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth series as we went through it. Yeah, recently. yeah, that's true. That's true. Especially specifically, what was it? specifically Part Four, which is universally a pretty well loved one. So, mm-hmm. no, that's true. Oh, sorry, guys. Just, could, just couldn't get over Crispin Glover's dancing. That's <laughs> <laughs> all terrible. Um, so I then went into uh, Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge, which is, it was fine. If you've seen Scare Package 1, it's just, it's somehow stupider than the first one, but it's still fun. It's just a comedy horror, comedy horror anthology. I didn't watch the sequel yet. If you got nothing else to do, it's, you know, I'm sure they're going to come out with a third one somehow. Uh, and then, uh, then I watched one, which I was, uh, really happy to finally, uh, watch just, uh, I think it just wasn't really available to stream for free anywhere. Um, until recently it's on prime. But the the new addition to the Candyman franchise, the one that came out last or two years ago, oh, okay, um, 
and it's fun. It's it's a sequel. It's kind of like how you know Halloween had their new long long awaited like sequels, but it's totally its own movie. But it, it like you could see it without seeing the original. But I would don't know why you wouldn't see because the original. I mean, it's so good the original, um, and this kind of just kind of like gives you some background on the original while being its own story, but it is a sequel. The original is like, I don't know, top 10, top 10, top 15 all time, especially for being a nineties horror movie, which, you know, nineties kind of gets, um, criticized for not having the best horror movies, but Candyman, uh, top two, probably nineties horror movies. Um, fantastic. Did you this like, was a good, did you like the sequel? I, I liked it. I liked what they did with it. I liked the end. The ending was fantastic. I thought it was cool. Um, I like how they made it its own story. Um, it was good. What are I they, what they calling at, that style now? Like like a legacy sequel, where it's so many years after the original and they're yeah. Of... Well, in in Scream, they call it a requel. Right, right. It's yeah. not a remake, but it's a. I mean, they literally because they're you know because Scream's so meta, they're in the movie. Calling, talking about what they are, what they are that they're doing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's an appropriate term, I think. Yeah. Not a remake, but it's a sequel, kind of a remake. So requel. Have you ever seen uh, the original or its requel, uh, the town that dreaded sundown? No, I've seen the original. The the requel for that, uh, which which was kind of like before its time, because it, it it did the same thing, but like. I think, I think the recall of that came out like six, maybe even eight years ago. Really interesting stuff because it it acknowledges the original but does its own thing with its with its own movie. It, it's hard to explain without spoiling, but Pete, if you have time in your 31 Days of Horror, you should watch both of those. I think you would dig them. Cool. Cool. The, um, uh, and then the book – sorry, not to cut you off. The book on that is good too uh, – I read that over the past year at some point. Uh, the Phantom Killer is about those, the actual killings of that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. A solid, solid book. Just a lot. I mean, it's like a horror historical retelling, but. Um, and then Tenet, my po- movie I posted today, um, was Lucio Folky's Folky Folchi. Folchi. Uh, Zombie, nineteen seventy nine. No, and I watched the Joe Bob did it for the opening of his last last uh, this la- this past season. Um, so I watched the Joe Bob of that, which was fun, and uh, it's a totally ridiculous movie. Um, you really gotta like, you really gotta like, kind of. Uh, schlocky horror i love that uh, I mean, that's, it, a, that's a fun i mean movie. it's great yeah yeah i i totally enjoyed it but it's like so much of it is you know it's just weird you know it's not your average it's not your romero horror if there was um so I'm, I'm trying to think of like what you would call it so what slapstick is to comedy that kind of movie is to horror if that makes sense right yeah, yeah, it's not intentionally funny, but it has a little, a little bit of comedy in it. But uh, well, I just mean because like slapstick was 
it, it was taking, exactly. taking comedy and making it so over the top with what it was doing. Those kinds yeah. of horror movies are, you know, obviously acknowledge horror and just take it to the hundredth level. Yeah, it's the, it's it's what the Italians did with what they were doing at that time. That's a fun one. I just don't know that there's a name for it. Ita- the Italian horror renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what I've seen so far. Next episode, I'll update you on what I've seen since that last one. Um, you know anybody the... got any? Sorry, go ahead. What, uh, sorry, something popped in my head. Is the... So Joe Bob is doing the original 1978 Halloween. Is that tomorrow? I'm not sure. October 6th? Hopefully it's... Yes, that's tomorrow. Well, that's tomorrow. October 6th is tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's tomorrow. But I hope he's not doing it. Because I'm going to... We're doing Hershey Park Halloween stuff. I would think he's doing it. I would think that he's doing it further into the month. I hope so. I could be wrong. Because I'm I'm pretty pretty excited to see what he's going to have for that and what kind of guests he's going to have for that. I would think that... I mean, it's not like John Carpenter's, like, uncontactable. I would think that they could get him if he wanted to do it. Yeah, I don't think he likes doing that stuff and he's probably really tired of talking about Halloween. He like uh, he, yeah, he sure. only wants to talk about his music now. It seems like oh, okay. and video games. Well, I had a thought for a movie that I think is overrated that I think is kind of cult classic-y. If Pete could mention The Shining, I think Scarface is like one of the most overrated movies I've ever watched. It's not a well-made movie, but it's God, it's damn not, good. I love it. <laughs> I don't get it at I all. It's it. also I mean, you want to talk about overacting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, Pacino, he's the overacting champion. Yeah. But that's yeah. like... But you got, when you think Great about ass. where... You got to think about where he was in his career when that movie came out. He's like fresh off... Pretty fresh off of Godfather 2, where he is not overacting. He is like uh-huh. as serious as could be. And then he... and then, But then, you know, then he goes into like Serpico and... Uh, Dog of the Afternoon, which definitely have some overacting. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, for, uh, for Scarface, they brown-faced him and told him to do a bad Cuban accent. Yeah. And it was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I movie stinks. Love, I always love... Uh, so, I listen to Fly on the Wall podcast, David Spade and uh, Dana Carvey. They do a lot of talking about SNL. It's basically what the whole podcast is about. But... Um, Dana Carvey, you know, impression master, but he does, he, he very, he, all his impressions, he specifies into like a, he puts somebody in a situation to make it more funny. So his, his, uh, Scarface Al Pacino impression is, uh, Scarface at Thanksgiving. And it's very simple. And just pass the mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I always think it's, uh, it gets me. Pass the map, or is it pass the sweet potatoes? Either one, same thing. I love quoting that um, and using that terrible accent. Uh, but beginning of the movie, very subtle scene when he does the uh, I said, Tom, you're in the sanitarium, not the sanitation. I can't do a scar yeah. accent, but it's terrible <laughs> and love that scene. All I got is my boss and my brains, mm-hmm. and I don't break them for nobody. You're a hassa, Frank. That's a pig. That don't fly straight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, Sean. Nope. Get, get it together. Yeah, I know. Next, watch us or die. 
Um, so I don't really have any news. Do you guys have any news uh, to report? The only thing that I thought you would want to report on is some images from The Strangers. Uh, mm, I did see this yesterday. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. But uh, So, prequel, since they're calling it Chapter 1, I assume? Yeah, well, they, they died in the second one. Oh, duh, yeah. So I'm guessing it's gonna be like an origin of, of sorts, uh, but then there's a little blurb that Bloody Disgusting put at the end saying that chapter two and three uh, are going to kind of oh okay so however they're going to approach that, that that can be an interesting take. I mean, they keep calling it a three part, but it's gonna be it's gonna be movies, right? Not a series, right? Yeah, it's just a trilogy of, okay. of, of feature-length movies. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's as far as movies that actually scare me. That's like top five. Mm-hmm. So, like when I when I first saw it, I yep. mean, we talked about it on Home Invasion. Uh, scared me to my core. Yeah, and yeah, can't say enough about either. I mean, I really love the second one. I think that it just didn't get the push that it needed. Um, so I think less people have seen it, but I've never heard anyone say anything bad about it. And again, I know that I've talked about it before on here, but the pool scene <clears throat> sticks out in my mind as one of the best, um, shot scenes, slow zoom out horror scenes I can mm-hmm. think of while, while, uh, totally cups of the heart is playing mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, trailer for the first time of Eli Roth's Thanksgiving before mm-hmm. before Saul, and uh, I, I'm you know how much I hate that man, but I'm kind of I'm intrigued. And I think what it comes down to is I'm just a sucker for any kind of holiday uh, horror, but yeah, I'm probably gonna see it in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I I think this happened since we last recorded, but Michael Gam- Gambon died. Gambon? Uh, yeah. Dumbledore from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. And Sleepy Ho- he uh, was one of the Van Tassels in Sleepy Hollow. I don't know. He's been an actor since the 60s, 70s. Yep. There's been a lot of good stuff over the years. but Long career, long life. Rest easy. Yeah. The, second, the second Dumbledore. Now they're both dead. Yeah, right? he was the second Dumbledore. I was trying to see if any he showed up in any horror stuff, but he must have at some. Well, I mean, yeah. Sleepy, yeah. Hollow Sleepy Hollow is adjacent for sure. I can see him being in something Hammer. Yeah, he might not be he, old enough. He was in Toys with Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He was in a lot of stuff over the years. A lot of stuff you'll recognize, and a lot of really good stuff, but yeah, that and uh, Dick Butkus died today. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yep, Bears legend. <laughs> not to That's not up. to make this a complete sports podcast, but yeah, the Bears are playing. <laughs> Bears are playing tonight. Dick Dick Butkus died, and how how old was he? Like late seventies. I think he was like eighty. Okay. Do, yeah, do one the, of the, one of the one of the meanest linebackers ever played the game. Did the Bears come out in honor of Dick Butkus and smash the Commanders tonight? Finally, finally, I mean, they, 
They're doing it so far. Oh, really? They're only, yeah. They're only three, right? Oh, and four. Oh, and four. Damn. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was eighty. That's a good run. Good run. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about CTE? Yeah. <laughs> Before, not to man, not to mention the hits he delivered. I mean, yeah. No one was throwing flags back then for roughing the quarterback or any of that shit. Um, Shoulder pads made of folded up cloth. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you could find. Yeah. Scraps of leather. Um, without going into too much detail, um, music-wise, I thought I would just uh, once again shout out if uh, check out my. Um, would you like to? Would thou like to live deliciously? Playlist on Spotify. Uh, lots of good stuff on there. Um, autumn horror punk. uh, typo negative all the stuff you want to be listening to on a cold even though it's been unseasonably warm yeah like i actually broke a sweat at work the other day um but we're getting back into it's getting back into the 70s during the day and 50s at night and uh next week will be cooler uh any uh i know uh we're talking about harm's way new harm's way any other uh new releases you want to mention or anything like that I don't know if there's anything I've really been listening to, but the new Harm's Way I think is really good. Men Singers released another single, I think. I haven't heard it yet. Not either. I can check that out. Did you guys Pretty hear sure. the well? What what was two singles? Now a third one dropped today for Blink One Eighty Two. No, I heard the ones that the two that dropped the other week that were good. Quite good. I really didn't expect to like them as much as I did. I've listened to them like. A few times now, found myself like, you know, doing stuff around the house and singing them a little bit. And nice. they dropped a third one today that might be better than the first two. Like, like it's, it's the most old school Blink I've heard them them do in many many moons. It's it's good stuff. I recommend all three of them. That's awesome. Uh, Pete, did we talk about it last week? Painted Black put out a single. I don't think we did. Uh, hardcore band out of Philadelphia that Pete and I used to love back in the early mid two thousands. Wildly influential in at least the Philadelphia scene, but uh, they announced a bunch of shows coming up pretty soon, and they just put out a single end of September. Stick. You like uh, Philadelphia hardcore? Check out Painted Black. More on the punk side of of that but yeah fast angsty stuff yeah those guys rule um all right should we get into this list yeah let's get into it i'm gonna skip uh my quick fire questions because um we're already at an hour and change um i I thought you meant quick fire on your notes i thought it was quick fire questions where was the list no but I have a shitload of quick fire, like just like fun, like almost all, like while I have you here, and I think maybe we're just gonna do a whole episode of while I have you here. Oh, that would actually be fun, uh, a little bonus episode. Oh yeah, so, I, mean, I mean those well, are well, those are good to have in the back pocket or the bank for future oh, yeah. episodes anyway. Yeah. So um, if you listen to our last uh, catching up with the crew, um, I started a 
first part of uh, a three-part series, which will eventually be maybe a six-part series once I spin it back around on itself. And we're eventually going to go back and do these all, just uh, to give you a preview, something to look forward to. All these topics we're doing with movies, we're going to switch back because I'm. it was inspired by a music list. So we're going to go back maybe uh, in, either in the later winter or early spring. And we'll do. I don't want to wait too songs. long because I'm actually really excited to do that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we I, we don't always have to do these series right back on top of each other either. So um, you know, we'll do one soon with uh, music. Yeah. But um, we're we're continuing the movies. Um, uh, I'm just calling it the movie that series or whatever. And it's uh, each one like on the last one we did movie that makes you want to dance, movie that makes you happy, movie that makes you sad. Um, so, uh, we'll just, uh, kick it right off. And Sean, why don't you give me your movie that you could never get tired of? The first, well, I have, geez, I wrote down at least three. And I don't know if I want to go the first one that came to mind, but yeah, let's do it. National Treasure. Ooh, oh. yeah. <laughs> that, that was unexpected, but I dig it. <laughs> it literally, anytime it's on TV, yeah. I'm like, oh, National Treasure's on TV. And I will <laughs> sit down I will sit down and watch the whole thing. <laughs> like, I've never seen it before. I'm like, oh, he's in Philadelphia now? <laughs> I know that landmark. Go, oh, I know where that is. And I... I he's really going to steal the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I believe it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's one of the last like great, or or uh, great. Uh, it's one of the last really good like action adventure films that I can at least think of. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's still fun. I, I know it's not like a great movie, but it's still fun. Uh, and I will still watch it every time I see it on TV. Yeah, that's a great pick. Great pick, Vinny. So, what do you got? Um, I also have a few, but if you stuck me in a in a empty room, maybe even a padded room, and put this movie on loop for weeks, I don't think I would go crazy. I would probably enjoy myself, and maybe the only form. Give me Terminator Two: Judgment Day. I can. I. It'll never get old. I have. That's one of the uh, movies that's up there in my collection with the most forms of physical copies. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I mean, I know we talk we talk about our love for a lot of movies, and we always say, like, you know, top this, top that. I mean, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. Definitely, of all time. Definitely one of the greatest. Yeah. Of, of all time and action movie i mean action I mean, it's movie. probably it's the best movie. definitely 100 percent the best sequel of all time no yeah well <laughs> i don't know no? if, i don't know if it beats godfather 2 uh i'll watch this over god i would I mean, watch this yeah i would watch this it's but definitely more rewatchable. Well, it's more rewatchable more rewatchable i'll give you that but like i dare you to find flaws in this movie like in it's in a movie that was made in 1992 uh, I mean, yeah, I, 
if I ever heard somebody saying something bad about this, I would just backhand them right away. I mean, how, I, I don't know how you possibly could say anything bad about it. Yeah. No, this is I one mean, of those this... great movies that crosses multiple genres. Uh, you got great acting performances. You know, it's spooky. It's a, it's scary at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the action's really, really good, it's, and it's emotional and touching at times. Like it's just, it's got everything. And they're not really hamming it up. I mean, you get some cheesy shit out of Arnold, but that's kind of what you love him for. Yeah, and it wasn't really even that cheesy at the time. Like, all the cheesy stuff is is how the robots dealing with Cyborg is dealing with, like, learning how to deal with a kid and stuff like that. I mean, you get to all be back and all that stuff, but... But but the end is one of the most touching... Yeah. Heart-wrenching moments in cinema history. Absolutely. Uh, Um, Guns N' Roses. Yep. (laughs) Um... So I'm gonna I'm just gonna kind of go off of the uh, national treasure thing and go with uh, Indiana Jones uh, three. Okay. This is, uh, uh... What is that? Last Crusade, right? Yeah. A lot of people hate um, this movie. Like even fans of the oh this of the oh series. this is my favorite one. <laughs> It's my favorite one because uh, you got Sean Connery, um, and to me, to me, the, the thing I love about well, National Treasure two, uh, National Treasure as well, but also National Treasure two, um, but you know these movies, both the, those movies, the Indiana Jones movies, uh, they satisfy me on multiple levels because you have action, you have history, you have punching Nazis. Uh, and or fascist, or fascist, yeah. Um, and then in this one, you have uh, the emotion of like the family emotion, uh, father and son kind of thing, um, which is I think missing from maybe not that there's anything wrong with the other two. Uh, I mean, two is not great in my opinion, it's good, but not great. Um, uh, Temple of Doom, but uh, yeah, this, I mean. Um, I feel like this is also one of the first movies where, like, Sean Connery was willing to play an old man. Like, not that he's old, but he's playing a dad. Like, he's not the hero. Yeah, that's you know, a good point. so that is kind of like a transitional movie yeah. in his career. Um, so this is kind of also just like, um, like Vinny said, like, just popped in my head. Um, maybe not necessarily the most. Um, but you know, just a movie that, uh, I can't get tired of. I mean, it's, it's a great movie and, uh, I'll watch it on a loop if I have to. So, um, Indian Jones, last crusade, uh, we're rolling into, um, a movie from your preteen years, Sean. This took me a minute to come up with, but I think I came up with a good one. Spawn from 1997. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know if I knew it at the time, but this was probably the first comic book movie I was really into. Um, yeah. And this movie is also dark. It's gritty. Uh, it's got a great cast. 
Michael J. White, John Leguizamo, Melinda Clark, Martin Sheen, uh, Teresa Randall. She was in a bunch of the Bad Boys movies. Uh, there was just like a bunch of people. I don't think this movie was really received all that well, but at the time when I was a kid, this movie was like the fucking coolest. I thought Spawn was such a cool character. Uh, and, you know, an interesting concept for a char- comic book character. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the reason why I like comic books. Maybe it's part of the reason I like horror. Yeah. Yeah. I but, was, I was a big fan of spawn, both the, this, the comics and this movie. Cause he wasn't, he was an anti-hero. Right. And I think that this movie was just before it's time a little bit like, because you were mentioning that it wasn't necessarily well received, I think it was just like it's well made. You go back and watch it. I mean, it's very '90s as far as like, I mean, the sound—it's got a great soundtrack. But they, um, they didn't—they didn't have the effects to do yeah, what yeah, they wanted exactly. to do exactly. Yeah, with it. But if you can put that to the side, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think this—I—I I think this uh, did a lot for me. Uh, this came out. What, we were eight years old? I don't, I, I don't think I saw it when I was that young, but certainly saw it pre-teen. Good choice. Vinny? So I went, I, I felt a little generic with this pick, but I wanted to go with the, the heart and go with facts because this movie and this actor was a huge part of my preteen years. I'm going with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Ooh. Yeah, sure. And it's probably a tie between Ace Ventura and, and its sequel, When Nature Calls. I mean, but this all of that 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 era of Jim Carrey, Liar Liar, The Mask. I mean, constantly rewatching these movies and quoting them all the time in school for family. Like it was like a, it was like a running thing. Like where my mom would have me rec- like my my love and obsession with quoting movies definitely still holds, yeah, still holds up. I think we had this on a rec- I think I probably my brother recorded this on VHS. So we had like a shitty TV recorded version of this movie that we watched all of the time. Nature calls when we're cackling laughing at this movie. And we probably didn't even get most of the jokes. It was just the delivery by Jim Carrey like so good. Now uh, that's what makes these makes those movies all-timers too. Because you can watch them today and catch oh, stuff yeah. that you you didn't catch back mm-hmm. when you were a you kid. Get. Yeah, even like little throwaway lines that you you didn't catch, you never caught before. Yeah, uh, you can't say enough about mid to late nineties Jim Carrey. I mean, he was just at he was on another level. Um, so this brings me to a movie I've been waiting a long time to talk about. And I hope you guys have seen this movie. It's one of those movies where there's been times in my life where I question if it was a real movie or if I made it up in my head because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but it is a real movie. And it is 1993's Surf Ninjas. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, absolutely. Of course. Uh, all right. I want to do a Watch This or Die about this movie. because That would be fun. I could really deep dive about this. It would be a fun movie for us to talk about in the summer because it's kind of that kind of movie but you got 
Ernie Reyes Jr., who we know best from uh, Ninja Turtles 2, yep. Secret of the Use, uh, somehow Rob Snyder is in this movie. As, as a villain, right? No, no, no. He's like the like the goofy friend. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's he's like right. also like also like for some reason I don't know if it was like a choice of his in his personal life or they just decided the character had to be a ginger, but like he does not have <laughs> red hair in real life and he has like really bright red hair in this movie. <clears throat> you got Leslie Nielsen playing the villain who's supposed to be like a samurai master and it's just like an old white guy, which is ridiculous. And then Tone Loke as the uh, cop who's kind of investigating everything. Um, basically, yeah, I'm not even going to go into a synopsis about this because we're definitely talking about it again at another time. But uh, yeah, you got brother, two brothers and Rob Schneider. You got martial arts, 90s. It's awesome. It's called Surf Ninjas. That's all you need to know. If you've never seen it. Uh, if you've never seen it, I don't even know if you've ever really lived. We've never done a double feature type deal on the show. But uh, maybe we could pair this with the only trauma movie I like, Surf Nazis Must Die. <laughs> could be a fun, fun night. I don't know the last time I saw Surf, Ner Surf Ninjas. Uh, it's not the one where he has the video game console and ends up. Yes. Is it? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Yes. His younger brother. Yeah. His younger brother. It's And it's the Game Gear. Yeah. Sega Game Gear, which is like brand new. You know, it's like almost like a commercial for Game Gear. <laughs> um, I still have one. Game I have Gear a game. Was... I have a working Game Gear in the house. I loved that, but it, it, that's a terrible system. It's not good. <laughs> but I crushed. Uh, if you're a, if you're a youngin, Game Gear was the Sega uh, alternative to Game Boy. Uh, and if you're really a youngin, pounds, twelve pounds, <laughs> and the size yeah. of a laptop. <laughs> yeah, it could, you, it could you, run. <laughs> You need like six D batteries for it to <laughs> run. No, no, I was gonna say it could run through like six double A batteries in about twenty five minutes. Um, and if you're really young, Sega was a company that uh, <laughs> you know uh, was a you know an alternative to Nintendo, and Game Boy was a handheld Nintendo thing before uh, DS and all those. Oh, anyway, um, if you want to play my. Uh, if you want to play my uh, Sega Game Gear, uh, I can hook that up for you. Yeah, next time we happen to be at your place, Sean, fire that thing up for me. I got a lot of games for it still. I can't believe it works. Like that's oh yeah, that's amazing. Like, like technology, not to be the the old guys. Technology, <laughs> mm, not like it used to be. Yeah, you used to have you used to have, have batteries like on the ready. For a lot of things. Oh, yeah, just all the time. Like, there's nothing worse than, like, going on a long trip and, like, you had your disc man and you and you didn't have backup batteries. And you're like, what am I going to do now? I'm guessing, like, it's like a 
it was like a thing when we were kids. Like we must have just had batteries rolling around the floor of our parents' <laughs> cars like at, at all times, just like flying around there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the nice thing was that like when you had when your batteries were dead, then you had like a little bit of ammunition in your pocket if you needed to like throw <laughs> something at someone. <laughs> um, Phillies or if you're, you or if, or if you're you didn't e- love. Or if you you're at an Eagles fan in the uh, if you had Eagles game in like the '80s, you just throw them on, throw them at the opposing team. D batteries. <laughs> All right, Sean. A movie that is from the '70s. I thought a lot about this one because there's so many that uh, I've watched and enjoyed from the '70s, but I went with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, I went with that because this movie still stands up today. I mean, it's not like I saw it back then. I saw this, I don't know, when I was a kid in the 90s. My parents loved this movie. Uh, This movie is still funny. The humor still holds up. It's silly. Uh, I mean, we still still quote it today. I think... (laughs) With Diane Feinstein or so whoever died over the past week, and I think my parents sent a joke saying something about I'm I'm not quite dead yet, <laughs> uh, which is a joke from this movie. Like that, it's still quotable, it's still relatable. Making fun of the King Arthur story, which we talked a lot about the other week. Uh, yeah, I mean this just is classic silliness. We could have put this movie could have been on that list. It probably could have been on the list. I didn't even think about it, but you couldn't have couldn't have nicked, nicked it. You know, <laughs> it is a it is a it is a medieval movie. Uh, John Cleese, Eric Idle, um, Terry Jones, all the Monty Python guys. This movie's so fucking funny, and yeah, it still holds up. It's one of my favorites to this day. Uh, my mom and I went. I actually thought about putting it later on your list with your other questions because my mom and I, back when we were close, or it was right around the time we graduated high school, we went up to New York City and saw Spam a lot together. Oh, nice! Which was a, that was a cool day. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of good memories with this movie, and still fun. Still fun today. Benny, what do you got? Uh... So we've talked about this movie endlessly on this um, podcast, but for me, I picked it because it's just such a uh, like a time capsule um, of the '70s, and it's the the original slasher. And I, now we think I'm going to say Black Christmas, not Halloween, um, but just like so '70s with. Uh, the girls' sorority house and the decor and the, the fashion, the music, um, you know, screams, screams seven. Great, great seventies movie, and uh, yeah, that's what I went with off the top of my head. Not thinking dude, too much into it, dude. How mad would you have been if I put this on my most overrated cult <gasps> classics movie? <laughs> well, if uh, Jeff was on, he would say he probably would have said Halloween. I mean, he'll, he'll he'll still acknowledge Halloween as a as a great movie, but he always says it's boring as hell, which I well, I think I disagree with. It probably has more to do with which one I saw first, but I I didn't see Black Christmas until a lot later. But I like Halloween a lot more than Black Christmas. 
Oh, that's tough. I mean, Halloween's. I mean, that's up there. One of my favorite movies of all time. And yep. I, I saw this later than I saw Halloween at far too young of an age. Um, and I, I definitely saw this later, but yeah, the 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 creepiness of Black Christmas is is awesome. Uh, I yeah, there's a lot to like about Black Christmas. It's not my it's not my favorite of the like, slasher ha- like genre. Halloween. Could, I like I like Halloween a lot better, but Halloween's yeah, an I certainly classic, respect it. But Black Christmas is one of those like I've rewatched so many times. I watch it every um, yeah. Nah, I mean, I, Halloween, I've always loved and respect. Like it's it's up there. It's uh, it's all time great. Oh, certainly yeah. won't won't fight your pick. Absolutely. Um, I mentioned it earlier, and I just feel obliged to put it here, and it's Rocky, nineteen seventy six. Absolutely. Um, does it get the respect it deserves outside of Philadelphia? I think it does. I think it actually does. But more as a, I think it actually gets more respect as a film. We respect it so much as Philadelphia. It's part of our culture. It's part of everything. I mean, he's literally someone to ever, someone ever asked me who is the greatest beloved sports icon from your city. I would say Rocky. Yeah, because he's not even real, but he is. Like everything is built. Like I mean, the Rocky statue is so iconic. Like the whole thing with like that year where, you know, Vikings fans put the beanie and the and the uh, scarf around his neck. Uh-uh. You gotta stop. Like these teams and these fans gotta learn. Don't do it. Like Philadelphia yeah. will curse you and come after you. Yeah, and you guys know his statue is you know spitting distance from my front door. Yep, there is a line of people outside of that statue every day. Yeah, 20, 30 people long every day. I go I go past it a couple times a day. They're always out there. You know, people from the city, people that are just visiting. Mm-hmm. And Gia Gia doesn't get it. She's like, he's not even real. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Yes, yes, he, he is. is. Yes, his he is. is real. Yes, he is. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I tell her. His spirit. It, he, he embodies what Philadelphia is. He is the underdog, and yeah, he yeah. means a lot to the city for a character that <laughs> showed up in a movie in 1976. I mean, I mean the, the fact that Stallone chose Philly. You know, I know that character is like loosely based on like kind of several different people. Um. But none of them were actually from Philly, so he chose Philly as kind of that, you know, gritty underdog city, you know. So pretty cool. Um, my backups were Alien. Yep, me too. But it's seventy nine, and I was like, yeah. Well, and there's nothing. So that was a very close backup. I I kind of decided uh, very last second. I didn't even write down Black Christmas, and I changed it up. But Alien is just amazing for being 79. The the uh, effects and, te- and technology advancements yeah. that movie made. Like with this, the Alien itself, even though it has very, like kind of minimal screen time in that one. But the spaceship, like so, so cool and well done. 
but nothing like even screams, just nothing screams seventies about it. So that's why I changed my mind last second. Yeah, and even like kind of going back to what we talked about in the Event Horizon episode, which was you know years later. Um, but just the thought that had to go into. Okay, so how are they going to survive this space environment and having to put them in the pods and everything? All that thought they had to go into like the future technology of the of of this of of alien is pretty crazy. Because um, easily you easily could have just put them on a spaceship and just like they live on a spaceship, you know. But the fact that they're going deep into space and their bodies have to be preserved and prolonged and all this stuff because they're going years and years. Um, that takes thought, you know. Oh yeah. No one would. No one would have questioned it either way. But then they basically created that need for future movies. Like the reason that they were able to av- do that in Event Horizon was definitely inspired by this movie. Mm-hmm. So oh, for sure. Yeah. And the like, like you said, the thought that Dan O'Bannon put into writing all that in, but then the thought that Ridley Scott put into, like there's a great documentary. Uh, I think it's a bonus feature on, on a few different versions of the Blu-ray, but in the alien quadrilogy, like Blu-ray box set, there's a great uh, documentary about how much thought and painstaking detail he put into building that ship and the sets. Um, it's not something. All right, Sean movie that makes you want to fall in love. We're going to get a little sappy here. Uh. Yeah, this one took me a minute too, but Mine's I think weird. I came up. With... <laughs> uh, so I picked one. It was a movie that Gia first showed me back when we first started dating. Tale uh, Classic if it's Love. Schind- if it's Schindler's List, it's gonna be really weird. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, but I think it's from the same year. Uh, Say anything, nineteen eighty nine. Oh yeah, nice. Um, classic John Cusack. Uh, tale of a young teen falling in love with a high school beauty and um, it's an early Cameron Crowe movie uh, yeah, it's the classic tale of uh, you know forbidden love you know, the, the dad doesn't approve you know he's trying to win everybody over and he ends up standing outside of her window with a boombox iconic yeah it's an iconic scene um, all around great movie. And yeah, it meant a lot to me. I don't know. It was a, you know, a movie we watched together back then. And I don't know. I'm such me, an insane. Help me fall in love. So absolutely. I'm such an insanely big Cusack fan. I know Jeff is too. Um, but yeah, I love, I mean, and he's, he, he spans eras. Uh, he hasn't done much lately, but um, big Cusack fan. Huge. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Vinny, what do you got? Uh, I'm a little embarrassed. Uh, no need <laughs> here. I think, well, this kind of had me doing some soul searching, and I was really racking my brain. So I, I might be like a combination of Dead Inside and... Uh, is it Schindler's List? No, no. <laughs> but like I, and it might have been uh, even more alarming for Steph to like to hear me like talking this, talking this out out and trying to figure out what my selection was. As like I kept coming back to the same movie, and that movie is the 2004 The Girl Next Door. 
uh, and was just really uh, actually I don't think I told Steph that's the movie I was going with. She was just alarmed. She's like, "Well, she's like, you just don't like love." Um, because I couldn't think of anything, but like I kept coming back to this movie, and then I was even more embarrassed. I was, porn star moves in next door, and you fall in love with her. Uh, it is Alicia Cuthbert. Oh my god! I, I completely disagree with her with what what she said. <laughs> Because this, you totally, I mean, it's it's lust at first, but I mean, he really, they really fall for each other. Oh, yeah. And and this movie yeah, has you so have Timothy Oliphant trying to squash yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You got a young Paul Dano. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, it's a perfectly awesome movie. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, for that, it's very 2004. I wanted to fall in love with the porn star next door as a result. Well, you know, what's funny is that, like, this movie didn't, I mean, it's a little judgy, you know, uh, because, but it, especially when you look at it these days, like, you 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 bump into six, seven people, uh, young women, uh, in a day, you know, one of them might have an OnlyFans. So, you know, who, know, who knows what's, who's putting what on the internet? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's their, that's their body, their choice. As far as I'm concerned, I don't, if I... If I met a woman and I thought that she was cool and we got along and we started dating and she said, look, I, this is how I, one of the ways I make money. That's not my, I mean, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. It's not my call. So, you know, it's a little, for the time it's not judgy, but you know, when you didn't age necessarily well, but um, obviously in this movie, she was doing like, you know, like '90s style, like Janet Jameson pornos. Yeah, uh, doing the, but, uh, the big porn convention. Yeah, that that seems hilarious. Yep, this movie is hilarious. Oh yeah, and uh, I love the the whole like juice is worth the squeeze thing. I mean, yes, I still I still I use that quote in life. Yeah, um, and I'm a huge Timothy Oliphant fan, big time. Uh, I just finished actually. I know I didn't. I said I haven't been watching TV shows, but I just finished watching the new season of Justified. Um, a little lackluster, if I'm going to be completely honest. Oh, really? I've been saving it. But uh, but it's got a promising ending. Okay. So definitely watch it. Okay.
Uh, yeah, my my biggest complaint about the um, new season of Justified is uh, um, so because it's like years later, uh, his daughter is a character in it, and you're like uh, Raylan Givens, the character's daughter, and she's got this really annoying like high pitched voice, and you're like, what the fuck? Who hired this person? And then I looked it up on IMDb, and it's his daughter in real life. I'm like, ah, uh, makes sense. <laughs> um. So it's, anyway, it's anyway, Tim Oliphant, if you're listening, I'm sorry that I called your daughter's voice really annoying, but <laughs> I know you're sorry, sorry about her voice. <laughs> um, so for my pick for this, um, uh, Sean's pick almost uh, swerved me towards another Cusack movie, but I'm going to go with a movie that I absolutely adore. And it's also a movie that I could rewatch uh, over and over again. It's like it's it's like a, a love. It's it's like rom com, but it's also slightly sci fi. Um, it's really funny. Um, it's also like really hits the heartstrings because it's got uh, father son stuff. Um, uh, but it's called About Time, and it's. Uh, Donald Gleason, I know we've talked about before, son of epic Braveheart uh, actor Brendan Gleason, um, and he plays. It's got a uh, Bill, not Bill Nye, the science guy, but the British actor Bill Nye, I think is how you say his last name, or Nye, uh, the guy from Love Actually, the older guy. He's also in. He also plays one of the vampires in the uh, that series with um, Kate. What's that series? That vampire series called Vinny with the uh, Kate Beckinsale. Oh, Underworld. Underworld. Underworld? Underworld. Yeah, Underworld. yeah, yeah. So uh, he plays. He's a character in Underworld. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about if you look him up. Anyway, uh, yes. So, so this movie, Donald Gleason. Uh, he's kind of like a nerdy ginger British like guy and um never had much luck with women and uh finds out in like the like the winter just before leaving for college that uh he uh, the men in his family have the power to go back in time but not like you can go back to like kill hitler or anything but just you can go back to certain moments that you lived in your life and uh his dad kind of drops this on him like a bomb and, but he uses it positively to kind of improve hope, improve the lives around him, but also improve his own life. And it's kind of a life lesson thing that in the end, after he's like married and has a family that he no longer goes back to certain moments, but he'll, every day, after living the day, he'll go back even for the bad days and relive those days because it makes his life better. Anyway, it's kind of a sappy thing, but he meets um, uh, Rachel uh, shit. Um, uh, Rachel McAdams, who I've always had a crush on. Uh, from the notebook and like a thousand other things. Um, I don't know. I really recommend this. This is like a good movie to watch, like as a couple. 
too. If you guys have never seen this movie, have you seen this, Sean? I feel like this is something you may have seen. No, I have not. Uh, you guys got to watch this movie. It's fantastic. It's really funny. Oh, uh, also, uh, early Margot Robbie. Like, one mm-hmm. of the first things she did, probably. She's, like, small small role, but... um, Yeah, I can't recommend this movie enough. Like, I really, really love this movie. It's a sappy kind of sci-fi love story drama, but it's it's it says comedy first on IMDb. Like it's it's very British, but it's 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 funny. It's really funny. Um, so very endearing, makes you want to fall in love. Hmm. Um, okay. Sean, give me a remake. I thought for a minute about this. There's a lot of really great horror ones, and I swerved a little bit, and I am gonna go with Dread from 2012. Ah. The remake of Judge Dredd, the classic Sylvester Stallone movie from, I don't know, that came out in the 80s. 80s. Mm, or early 90s, maybe. Or was it 80s? I thought it was 86. That's a guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, nope. No, I think you're 95. Oh, okay. Way off. Came out later. Uh, that movie was kind of a big budget movie that flopped. Um, I don't, I don't know. I've seen that movie and it was definitely big budget. They played up a lot of the futuristic judge dread shit. Um, and it's fine, but the one that came out more recently, um, Carl Urban, um, I actually think it was a lot, I don't know, maybe based on inflation. I think it was lower budget than the original judge dread was. Um, but it it still didn't really do very well, but it was a much better movie overall than the original. Uh, it takes place in like a pretty big apartment building. Uh, Carl Urban's Judge Dredd. Lena Headey is like a drug kingpin. And the entire movie is basically contained to like a 200 floor futuristic apartment building. And it's way more sci-fi action heavy. Uh, it's rated R. It's way grittier and darker than the original. It had some kind of '90s cheese. Um, I really liked this when it came out. Saw this in theaters, and I don't know how many times I've watched it since. But I, because well, I don't think they put this on TV. But this movie was really pretty awesome, and I don't know that it got the credit it deserved ten years ago. Still a little ahead of its time, I think. It it did not get the credit deserved, and this is a uh, this was a like a shockingly good remake. It was one of those like when I heard about it, maybe even saw the trailer, and pooed it like right away. I was like, nah, I'm gonna be trash. Well, because it because the the original was like kind of cult classicy, like oh yeah, it's schlock, it's schlocky, it's, but like we like it. Yeah, we're like yeah, I mean, we don't need a remake of that. But this one was that's the exact was, mindset I had, and I it was better. I didn't see it in in theaters, which I regret. It would have been fun in a theater experience on the big screen. And when I finally caught it, uh, like you said, I think it's better than the original. It's good. Yeah, this movie's good. Definitely worth a watch. Super gritty. Definitely gritty, too, like you said. Yeah, uh, it's a great action movie, which there was not a whole lot of in the post-2010 era. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this was was early Carl Urban, too. And Lena Headey, before she was in... uh, Game of Thrones. 
to get some cool acting performances. Good stuff. I respect that. Yeah, good call. Um, Vinny, what do you got? Um, I again went. It's, it's hell of a remake. Uh, I love this movie. It's <clears throat> uh, really good character. He's kind of been. He kind of went quiet as an actor and has been coming on the last five, seven years. Uh, I really like him as an actor and his character and his performance as Morgan in this has always, it's just always kind of like stuck in my head. See the one gets put on the hook? No, that is, so he, um, he's been in some stuff, but I just started like messing around on IMDb. That's Mike Vogel who had a bigger role in Cloverfield but I didn't realize is from Abington, Pennsylvania. How about that shit? Oh, yeah. nice. Small world. Small world. Um, but uh, he's the one that was always like kind of yelling and he seemed kind of nerdy, but it was just angry and yelling all the time. And he had a lot of dialogue and, and like great stuff. Like he smacks the bottle across his face, the sheriff, um, and he spits his teeth out. But I mean, the sheriff, the sheriff makes the movie. Um, incredibly good villain. Uh, but like he's like so evil and so over the top that like you're able to like laugh with him with how he's just toying and fucking with these kids and just m- so mean spirited. Um, great stuff. I, 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 it's a such a well well done remake. If there could be a horror Mount Rushmore of movies that got me into horror, this would certainly be one of them because. I think this is the first one I saw in theaters. Uh, this is right around the time, and I, I, yeah, like kind of like at like, least, yeah, I think this is the first one I saw in theaters. Kind of with like the lines that you're you're going with, like this was within the years where I just started. um. So the way that I was described this to people. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is unsettling. This movie is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to make that of, because of the way, because of just the way that this does, does it different and gives you everything that you like, don't see in the original. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was going to say that this one's curious because like, I, I think uh, my pick, I think dread is, better than the original judge dread i don't know if i think this movie is better than the original but it's it takes the original and takes it in a different direction it does it differently um and you think, get that you get that modern horror that gore yeah but they, they manufactured it a little different in the 70s or uh when the original came out um it probably spoke more it's just a little generation different. It, too than the original. Yeah, it's just a little different. Yeah, like the original is like super gritty and hot, sweaty, like just gross. You, you can tell that the actors were uncomfortable and like the, the way it was filmed. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, the original is a masterpiece, no doubt about it. This one is, it, it's a different feel and a different kind of enjoyment for me. Which is that's a great way to do a remake. Yeah, yeah, you know, you take the original, that, you that same vein, but. Yeah, you make it your own, but you don't, you know, you don't try to, you, you just improve where you can. And yeah, this is a, a fantastic remake. Yeah, you look at the uh, the original and you just know, like, those actors weren't, 
like when they said cut, they're not going back to air conditioned trailers. Nope. You know, they're probably just staying in that shanty ass house. Um, yeah. Um, so different direction for me. Um, and this is only because it's the fourth remake of this movie that I, but it's, um, it's fantastic and I love it. And especially it's not, it's not like super crushable because it's sad in the end, but the, but the soundtrack is fantastic and I keep it on like the back burner all the time. It's on a lot of my playlists, but a star is born. With that uh, 2018 Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, first one came out in 1937. Janet Gaynor and Frederick March. Second one was Judy Garland and James Mason. Third one was 1976 with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think Bradley Cooper, uh, local boy, go birds, uh, just did a great job with constructing and directing this movie, the fact that he got Gaga, uh, she literally becomes Allie. Like, like you don't watch this and you think that's Lady Gaga. Like you're like, that's she is who she's playing. And there's a scene. It's early on in this movie, um, where you're kind of learning about the characters, and he, it's like it's super. And like he, like he gets like it starts. He's at this con. He's playing a concert. He gets in a car. He runs out of booze. The guy's like, he asks his driver to stop at a bar. Stops at a bar. Turns out to be a um, mixed uh, trans trans bar, or uh, I'm sorry, no drag bar, drag bar. Um, although some of the people there might be trans, but it doesn't matter. Um, and but they're saying they're explaining that they let her perform just because she's so good. And there's this scene and I watch it over and over again, like I'll rewind it when I'm watching this movie where he's, he's like mesmerized by her because she's singing La Vie and Rose so well. And then she kind of lays down with her back on the bar and does this slow head turn towards him. And I'm just like in that moment, like if I'm him, I'm like, I love this woman immediately. Like my, I'm falling in love with her right then the way that like, just like that's filmed the slow turn, the way he's looking at her. It's great. Um, so great, well acted movie, well written, well directed, and great soundtrack. Absolutely. I haven't seen the earlier versions of this film, but I saw the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga version. Oh yeah, I haven't seen the other ones either. Uh, it's, I it's a fan. I from top to bottom. Uh, both the acting performances, the singing performances. Um, it's a great movie. Soundtrack is great. Um, I, I don't want to say I can't imagine that the other ones were better, but I, I don't think I'm going to guess that this one stands on its own. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big, I love Chris Christopherson. I should see, I should go back and watch the seventies one. He's an unsung horror, uh, unsung hero of those. Yeah. Of that generation. But yeah, for sure. No, I think it's a. I think that's a worthwhile pick for sure. I I really dug this movie the first time I saw, or the only time I saw it. Um, I didn't know it was a remake at the time, 
Uh, I didn't know anything about the plot. Um, and this movie hit me. And, like, it's embarrassing how hard I cried at this movie. And it was pretty early It was pretty early on in me and Steph's relationship, too. So she could have easily been, what the hell's going on here? And jump ship. But that, that it, it, this movie hit me. You know what else? This movie has a scene, like, a scene that I almost have to fast forward through. The scene where he pees himself at the Oscars yeah. or the the yeah, the Grammys. Yep. I like can't watch it. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. But you feel that, like you're like, oh no. Like you feel it for both of them. You feel his embarrassment, but you feel her embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Like it's so real. It feels so real. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Bradley Cooper really peed himself. I wonder if he went meta uh, or went uh, what do they call it? Went at wooden method. In that yeah, I mean, scene. otherwise, yeah, put the yeah, put the fake bladder in the pants and yeah, squeeze something in your pocket. Like, just piss, just piss <laughs> yourself is easier. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sean, hit me with an all time classic. Oh, what the hell did I write down for all time classic? Oh man, this is the one I wrote the most down. Oh God. Toy Story. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yes. All um, Well, I wrote down a bunch of horror movies, comedy movies. I wrote down some Christmas favorites, but uh, this is a movie I had on VHS back in the day. The old clamshell? I watched it. Uh, yeah, clam- this was a clamshell. I had this then. Uh, I have it now. Um, I will never not love this movie. I had the dolls when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a series that, I mean, I guess they're still producing content, which I don't know if I love, but I have watched all of the movies and all the stuff they put out. Um, this movie hits on a lot of levels, gives me all the nostalgia for the childhood stuff. Um, And it's a little bit different. You guys were going for all-time classics, and this was one of the first of the... Uh, it was the first one of the first of the DreamWorks films. First yeah. Pixar movie ever, I believe. Or, or Pixar, not DreamWorks. Uh, yeah, the first Pixar animated films that has become so prevalent today. A little bit of a different genre I thought I'd hit on. I yeah, think. no, I mean, I, I, I think that we need to... I, I don't, I'm not... Um, disagreeing at all, I think that we need to realize that, you know, we're now 34, 35. Anything that came out in the first half of our lives can be considered an all-time classic. I mean, like we talked about Jurassic Park earlier. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, you know, any anything's on the table. And I, yeah. I think that this is a fantastic pick for... Um, it's It's groundbreaking. I, for the time, absolutely groundbreaking. Yeah, uh, and they managed to get a great cast that it probably didn't know that what they were getting into. Uh, Tim Allen, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Jim Varney. Uh, they got all sorts of people to voice the the characters yeah. in this film. Um, I, yeah, good. I, I was going to say, I think I've mentioned this before that. Um, it was around this time, slightly before, but like around the 90s, early 90s, um, 
where like there used to be voiceover actors and there were actors but um and i'm sure that there's voiceover people that were like you took our jobs but this is around the time where they started getting big names to start doing stuff like this um don rickles oh yeah uh mr potato head um so it's movies like this that we can i mean you know it doesn't necessarily matter to me who's the voice of something looking back on a lot of roles but like this is iconic i mean tom hanks um i don't know if people will appreciate today tim allen yeah like today when you see an animated movie with all of the big actors uh that makes sense because it's a movie and you know it's big budget but back then this was a huge deal toy story was like a huge chance for that studio to make and yeah it fucking paid off and it changed the landscape of animated films i mean this is one of those things where there was probably like a few people invested in this that were like if this doesn't work we're fucked yeah yeah because it, it was connected to Disney, but they Disney probably like had their lawyers written out like enough things that if it didn't work, they made out okay, you know, because it's fucking Disney. Um, so yeah, yeah. But this, yeah, this is for well, this actually was like the fifth one I wrote down, but no, it's good. Uh, I thought this one would be a good one. Vinny, what do you got? I went with one um, that took me uh, too long to see. I, I, I saw it um, in my 20s, and I wish I saw it sooner so I could have just appreciated more and saw it more times. But uh, 1975, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This oh, movie nice. is just uh, brilliant. Um it's all, it's all character. It's all dialogue. It's, it's like a villain verse anti-hero type story, but all in one room, and it's like it's cunning, but with dialogue. Like I said, like Jack Nicholson's performance is, um, something else. Like I mean, it's just incredible. And same with, same with uh, Louise Fletcher. Who plays? Uh, and it's very funny what was the, how the words used today. But nurse, nurse Ratchet, she was Ratchet. Yep. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I guess we could see a movie like this today, but it would be considered. Well, I, I it, it'd probably be considered like something like art house, but it could also, <laughs> depending on what studio did it and what actors were it, it could be like some kind of Oscar bait movie. But it, it just feels like something like catching magic or uh, lightning in a bottle. I mean, such a great story. Yeah. Have you read the book? I have not. Me neither. I just, I just think you're an avid reader. Yeah, I have not. I should put that in the list, though. Yeah. Um, I wrote down The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Oh, great stuff! Because I mean, it's another movie that hits on many levels. Uh, going all, all the way, going just starting from being the sick kid, um, 
having story read to them and then kind of just letting your imaginary imagination go wild and all that stuff. Um, Andre the giant, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't think I need to get into it. I imagine everyone listening to this has seen the princess bride, but, um, just well acted. Well, couldn't be more well written. Um, uh, original story. Like it's not even like it, uh, I mean, it's based, it's also based off a book. Um, but like, it's not like, it's not like doesn't take anything. It doesn't seem like seemingly take anything from anywhere else. Like it's a totally original thing from beginning to end, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, shout out to the princess bride. I don't, I don't think it's a hot take, but, um, Columbo, AKA Peter Falk should be everybody's grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> and is he the best narrator ever in a movie? Maybe uh, it's an all time narration. Yeah. Yeah. Love Not, yeah I love that. I nothing love it. grandfather. Nothing but love for this movie. Um, <laughs> I always love a. Um, what about the R-O-U-S's? Uh rodents of unusual size? I don't believe they exist. <laughs> As he's watching one walk across the screen, his deadpan delivery. On uh, line, Carrie always oh, so, so good. fucking good in this movie. Um, you get some great stuff out of Andre the Giant too. Yeah, hello, lady. Um, yeah, and his rapport with uh, Mandy Patinkin is so fucking fun. Yeah, I'll never forget when I realized. I was like two seasons into that show Homeland and I realized and I was like wait stop hold hold the fucking phone that's funny um Sean hit me with a movie that you want to watch with another person or a group I thought god all, all of these you made me really think about and I wrote two down and I'm gonna trash both of them you're going to trash both and, of them? Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm trashing both of them because I thought of another one. You're going to one cut, One cut of the dead. Ah. Oh, yeah. And it's... I have tried to get people to watch this movie, and I feel like they read the description, and they're like, oh, I don't know. This movie was so good. Like, I, I want people to see this movie. And... Um... Who's the director of this? Not like I would know, but just so good how international films can be. This is a this is a Japanese movie, right? Yeah. Um, and it is about a piece of shit, low budget director shooting a low budget uh, zombie movie, and it turns out to be a real zombie flick as he's filming it. Um. Oh my god, this movie is so fun from top to bottom. But so, you have to get so creative. Like it's 
Ah, it's so creative. You have to get past that uh, watching a movie with subtitles uh, barrier that I think so many people are afraid of. Well, so many people under 30 have an issue with that, and they need to knock it off. You're missing out on so much great cinema. And even if you are watching the awesome um, foreign uh, foreign cinema, but if you're doing it dubbed, you're just you're missing so much. Just watch the damn subtitles. It's fine. It's yeah. It's not hard to both read and take in the context context of what's happening in the scene. Like you can takes you can some, do you can do both. Takes about five minutes to adjust. I, I I always say. Hey, and you can rewind. It's okay yeah. to rewind, rewatch a scene. Uh, this is a movie that zombie fans should watch. Comedy fans should watch. Uh, it's an interesting film. So so well done, and you think it's kind of a piece of shit until you realize what like actually what's going on. Yeah, what's actually happening, and then you're like, oh, that's the point. Yeah, this movie's really so cool. really cool, so great, so great to show another person, show a friend that's into horror, um, and maybe is not super receptive to an international film. Yeah, this is a this is one to show another person. Yeah, I I have to. I mean. I, I totally understand why it's difficult. It's a hard thing to explain to try and get someone else to watch. Because even when I watched this for the first time, um, I was like, what the fuck is going on again? I was kind of confused. But then you, after like 10 minutes, you're like, oh, you get it. I also think the first time I watched this, I watched the Joe Bob, which helps. Yeah, but, um, watch the Joe Bob. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I think this is a great pick. This and this would be fun to watch with other people. Vinny, what do you got? Uh, so I went with like a definitely not a movie that like um, I'm showing uh, a group to help them discover it. This is more of a one, in, uh, but also I, I just find myself, especially during the month of October, any kind of social gathering. Um, at the house, I'm just throwing this on in the background. So I'm basically like forcing it down people's throats and I'm proud of it. Uh, Halloween four for me. Uh, I love the franchise as I'm sure I've talked about many times on here. The fourth one, completely nostalgic. It's fun Halloween season movie to have a, have on in the background or to sit down with in a group and maybe like you're, you're chit chatting while you're watching the movie, but, or you're. You're laughing at or talking about things that are going on on screen. It's just a good social movie to have on, especially during the month of October. Mm, I yeah. love all of those movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially those ones that are a little bit more frowned upon. I think four uh, and five actually... <laughs> from, the, from the Halloween and horror enthusiasts, uh, gets a little more love. Yeah. Six gets a lot of hate because of the whole pregnancy thing. I got to, I got a little culty. Like, I mean, I, I like six for what it is. The I was root factor. <laughs> I should probably give it. I haven't given the producers cut specifically a rewatch in a long time. But yeah, I mean, four and five, like they're they're my jam. Which one? Uh, what's Paul Rudd show up in five? Six. Six. Okay, the culty one. Yeah, I like that one too. Um, so 
I went with this movie only because I would uh, I saw it after it came out on video and I think it would be a really fun movie to watch in a theater full of either people you know or strangers doesn't matter but just the reactions because I find this a completely terrifying movie but the descent Oh yeah, great one. Uh, because if, especially if you've seen it and you're in a movie theater full of people that haven't seen it, the reactions would be great because you know when they're coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but even from the beginning, because this has a horrible accident and just in the beginning of the movie that no one's expecting, um, it pretty much kicks it off right there. So I went a little bit of a different direction, but um. Yeah, I think it's just a fun reactionary wise. Yeah. Um, or if you're like watching it like in a you know the a small group of friends like, or even just it, well, this also being able yeah. to watch their reactions as it's happening is really cool. This also just just to show one person that hasn't seen it and watch oh, it yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, it would be would be good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is one of the my like top five scariest movies of all time so yeah that's a great that's a great movie to show a horror fan or somebody who wants to <laughs> wants to be spooked this is the mo- one of the movies that anytime i bring it up almost everyone says that movie is absolutely terrifying or if you have a friend that uh is looking into getting into spelunking and they haven't seen this movie <laughs> yeah. and then you show them this oh that'd be great they'll be changing hobbies real quick yeah. Um, Sean, hit me with a movie from the year you were born. We were we were born. Yeah, it's one we've talked about a million times, and I've looked at the list of. There's a lot of movies that came out in 1989 that we both love, but my favorite one is Roadhouse. Mm. I don't. I know it's B movie, but it's Patrick Swayze at his sexiest. Uh, Swayze, Sam Elliott huh. at his sexiness. Sam Sam Elliott at his sexiest. at his at his most mustachiest. Yep. Um, Terry Funk, rest Terry get, Funk, rest in peace. Yeah, you get Terry Funk showing up. Uh this is just quintessential '80s action B movie piece of shit. But it's one of my favorite. I, it, this could have gone on any number of categories. Uh, you get love story. You get action. I've never been tired of watching this movie. We just watched it. Uh, my uh, brother-in-law Collins' bachelor party in uh, May. We hung over on Saturday morning, put this on, and we, like, 12 guys sat there watching this movie intently. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is the best thing we've ever watched. It's just fun. Uh, R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. But and Terry Funk and Terry Funk, but yeah, uh, it's just a fun movie. It's it, this to me is B movies at its best. You know, you get you, the plot is loose, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but in the meantime, you get a you get a lot of great action, and you know, you just have fun with it. Yeah, uh, Preston and Steve the other day they were talking. 
they were trying they were like trying to go over what's which movie they like better this or point break it's like yeah it's definitely point break because it's a better movie but this movie is still amazing <laughs> it's more i mean i love point break but this movie is i don't know more fun i don't know i think point break has just the slight edge for me well yeah it, it's just a better movie point break has a lot a lot more going for it but if you want to watch yep. a movie where a bunch of guys are getting the shit kicked out of them then you watch roadhouse mm-hmm. yeah you want you want roundhouse kicks roadhouse. roadhouse you want some blues played by a blind guy you watch roadhouse <laughs> what do you got Vinny? all right so a certain movie came out this year and i'm one to birth the love of an actor <laughs> And the kickstart of his career in 1988 with Above the Law. Uh, God damn it. No. Yes. <laughs> this. Um, Your mom was just crushing, crushing Seagal movies. Well, she also loves Seagal. So she, she probably, I mean, she probably saw it while she was pregnant with me. Who knows? Dick um, <laughs> Japanese or, I don't know, some kind of dojo karate with zero acting abilities. And they said, this guy's got it. And now he has hundred movies of questions. It's Aiki- of question, Aikido. Of questions. Aikido is. Yeah, Aikido. Aikido. Above the law. I actually have a hard time knowing which Seagal movies I've seen. Uh, I, I know I've seen Under Siege. I can give you a list if you want. No, no. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen Above the Law and Hard to Kill. Great. But a lot of them, a lot of them blend together. Well, you should also see Mark for Death. <laughs> I can give you a list. I'll send you one. Good oh, lord. Um, so, 89. I wrote down one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. Not a comedy, but Dead Poets Society. Sure. Just a big fan of this movie. Always have been. It's got a lot of inspirational quotes. Got a lot of emotion. But it's like a coming of age thing too. And I'm just, I've always loved it. Yeah, yeah that's... I won't hear any qualms from me. Great movie. Uh, he's got so many peaks in his career, but this is certainly a great Robin Williams film. I always forget it's 89. For some reason, that always felt like a mid-90s movie to me. Yeah. I don't know why. All right, Sean. Movie that makes you think about life. I am going to piggyback on what you just said and go with Goodwill Hunting. Hmm. Uh, I thought about putting that in a bunch of other categories including movies I never get tired of, because I watched it last night. Uh, it was on HBO, and I put it on and watched, like, the last three quarters of it. But his, Sean, uh, Robin Williams' relationship with Matt Damon's character and their back and forth and how they have both dealt with different types of trauma, um, how they learn from each other, how they're trying to figure out life and they both kind of think they have a path, but they don't really know what the fuck they're doing. 
it just kind of makes you figure that, you know, makes you think about your own life and none of us, how none of us know what we're doing and we're all trying to figure it out and we can all learn from each other. And every time I watch this movie, I, you know, you relate with a different character. You kind of learn something new. This is a great movie to watch and ponder life. And, hey, Sean. Yeah? Sean, it's it's not your fault. <laughs> Don't. Not you, bud. <laughs> not you, man. Not you, man. I fucking love this movie. I, I, it, I, I'll watch this another one. I'll watch it anytime it comes on. I fucking I remember Robin Williams' performance in this movie is so good, and equally as good as Matt is Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, yeah, I uh, I remember I first watched this movie strictly because I heard how many times they said "fuck" in it, which yeah. I believe at the time was the record. I think it was eventually broken by Wolf of Wall Street. Um. But I remember as a kid, I heard how many times they curse. So I just wanted to watch yeah. that. But then I just remember being like mesmerized with it. And I'm like this. I, I remember like seeing this at a young enough age where I'm like, this, this is like a real, this is like real acting. Because yeah. at that point, I had probably not seen that many movies where, and I'd probably seen, I'd probably seen Dead Poets Society already. So I knew that Robin Williams wasn't just like a comedian. But yeah, I remember seeing this and because my parents had bought it on VHS, I guess. And I just remember watching this and being like mesmerized. Like not necessarily understanding everything, because it was probably like ten. Or this movie came out in like two thousand or ninety nine or something, right? Yeah. Um late nineties, I think. Yeah, so positive. I just remember like maybe not getting the whole story, but understanding like the gist of it and just being like, Holy shit. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Robin Williams' performance, dude. When he Matt Damon picks apart his paint watercolor painting of a guy at sea, yep. And he, you know, says something about, "Oh, you married the wrong woman," and he chokes him out in his room. Yep. It's he's terrifying. Like he is everybody that loves his wife, and he's so fucking like, "I will destroy you for insulting my wife." It's a it's he's so real in that scene. It's crazy. Yep. Good stuff. Benny, what do you got? Um, I had a really hard time with this one. Like, and, and like, just thinking about it even now, like, I'm I, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. This this isn't like the um, the question with Truman Show, but that hasn't made me like think about life. It just makes you think about like makes me think about like where you stand in life and what's what's real and what's fiction and what uh, it's 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 different that's the only thing that's coming to I mind think, though i think that's a great choice for for the category yeah yeah i mean, I mean it, that's it, a... it fits but there's something it's like when you have something on the tip of your tongue like there's something that i want to talk about i can't think about, about what it is that like struck me um thinking about this subject i mean the truman show is a pretty good encapsulation like 25 years too early about what modern day is like. Yeah, yeah. Where everything's just a show and an act. I don't and, know. Everything uh, we yeah, do but, is broadcast broadcast to yeah, other like, people. What's real and what's part of the show? Like 
no, that that's real life. That literally is what we're living now. Mm-hmm. That no, that was uh, one of my thoughts for this answer. Um, so I went with uh, Lost in Translation. Sure, yeah, comedy drama, but it's kind of you know it's like it hits it's both sides of kind of thinking about life because you you think of you start thinking about the different characters and you think of like so you have bill murray's character which is kind of like the how did i get here kind of thing like he's like famous but like he's now (coughs) kind of reduced to doing these japanese whiskey commercials he's not really doesn't have a lot else going on with his career um and he makes this connection with this young woman but it's like kind of like the whole loss in translation thing is like their age difference kind of thing. But also like making this connection, but also like knowing it's temporary, but it feels good at the time. And then her thing, which is like, she's just totally like has no path. Um, doesn't know why she's there. She's just there because she's kind of following this guy and uh doesn't know what she's doing with her life so there's just a lot of like you know how did i get here or where do i go from here two separate things but uh you know it's kind of one of those movies that's it's not really and you know it's a dark comedy a little bit but it's also not you know it's not necessarily a feel-good movie like you don't finish the movie being like oh that makes me want to go and do something inspirational it's kind of just like yeah that's just that's kind of just one of those movies like that's life yeah you know it's a real it feels real it's a realistic more realistic type of type of thing all right we're on to the last category and sean a movie that is personally meaningful to you uh yeah, so I wrote down three movies again before I found one I thought I wanted to talk about. Um, I was in a big Johnny Cash phase around 2009. Mm-hmm. was listening to going back into his back catalog, and my uh, grandfather passed away in March of 2009. And I remember talking to him about Johnny Cash a couple months before he passed away. And I was like, hey, man, you do you like Johnny Cash back in the day? And we ended up talking about him and what he liked and whatever. And Walk the Line had already been out for a couple of years before that. But, and I, maybe I had seen it, but I ended up watching it a lot at the time uh, after he passed away. So, um, I don't know what it was about that that was cathartic. Uh, you know, it ends up being a movie about life, him going through struggles and Johnny Cash's life through addiction and, you know, getting married, divorced and whatever. But that movie was pretty cathartic at the time for me. Um, it's full of great performances from Reese Witherspoon and Joaquin Phoenix. Um and I honestly, I think it's a great movie or, or a very good movie, especially one for a movie about a musical performer that 
we don't always get so great movies about that, but yeah, I don't know. At the time, this one meant a lot, and I've watched it a lot since. I think it still holds up. And yeah, yeah it landed for me at the right time. It it didn't come out, and I think it came out in 04-ish, but yeah, I watched it a lot at the time, and it, it meant a lot. Helped me get through a tough time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. And also, as I think I mentioned in the Swords and Sandals episode, that... um this is the movie that turned me back that made me not hate walking Phoenix. Yeah. Because, because of, uh, you know, he nailed, he nailed the performance, but, you know, not hate him because, you know, we mentioned that how good he was as, uh, in gladiator. So, uh, as Commodus, um, that really made you hate him. But yeah, I think that him and, um, Reese Witherspoon as June Carter, like you fall in love with her on screen. Just, Oh yeah. Just as he is, you know, well, they they performed their own songs, which was really cool to see. Like they didn't play, they didn't play the tracks. They performed them, which is I don't know if that's different, but they performed them and they performed them really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Benny, what do you got? Uh, so with the with the being personal, also uh, very very sentimental for me. So. Uh, my dad and I, like, we just, um, childhood through adulthood, like, we just, we crushed action movies, war movies, and westerns. Um, and especially, but instead I went a different route. Like, we were, um, I mean, huge Top Gun fans. had a fascination with that stuff. So, when the trailer came out, um... For Top Gun, Matt was blown away and excited for it. My dad passed away during that time, so we didn't get to see it together. So when it finally hit, a very emotional. So you have to, you have to come out one of the next times I go to San Diego, because I know they filmed a lot of the scenes on the USS Midway, uh, which is the air. It's like the aircraft carrier museum out there, and there's tons of planes and. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, I mean that. I, that's thank you for sharing. That's an awesome story. Um, and I'm glad you guys got to see the trailer together. But yeah, you, you can go tour the Midway out there and see a bunch of the planes and where they film scenes and what an aircraft carrier's like. Yeah, that'd be uh, super cool. Because we we did the battleship for as much as my, it is a it's there's, a good. There's so much like like we had to get back there because we went out there to, for Seth's brother's wedding and he lives out there, so like we have like a place to stay. I need to go because there's so much more I want to check. Oh out. yeah. Maybe I can Great sneak thing. you on the naval. Maybe I can sneak you on the naval base. Maybe. So. But we'll we'll talk about that off air. Can I like wave cones? Yeah. And I'm wearing <laughs> the vest. <laughs> no, man. They don't even let me on the carriers. <laughs> not unless I have a special access. Mm. Nice. Um. So for me, I went. I mine is also rooted with my dad. Uh. Because uh, it's my pick is Field of Dreams, uh, and he—it's like one of those movies. I mean, first of all, it's like it's an emotional like baseball movie. You know, it's also it, the movie's about fathers and sons. You know, about him. Event all he really cares about in the end is playing catch with his dad. But you know, like so, like I watch it. Like my dad's dad died when he was. 
18. And so, like, you know, he has an emotional connection to it. And so when we watch it together, like, he starts crying at, like, the end scene when he's, like, finally playing catch with his dad. So I start crying. And it's just one of those, like, you know, you know, it's sappy, but it's just, you know, it's just, you know, that's the movie. And mm-hmm. the whole, I mean, that's what the whole thing is about. So uh, there's a couple of those movies where, like, my, my, my dad is, like, um, tragically patriotic. So there's a lot of times when there's like a a scene where there, there's a lot of emotion or like someone's dying or someone's saving somebody but they're but like they're giving up their life and like i'll look over and i just see him like you know wiping away a tear and it's like yeah so like there's a couple of movies that get me like that but uh field of dreams is definitely the one and i always every year on opening day i send him the the clip of uh james earl jones people will come ray <laughs> um build it so they will come yeah they will uh he's like they'll wipe the mem- they'll wipe the memories away from their face like they were thick uh, or whatever it says yeah <laughs> um yeah good stuff yeah that's an all-timer um so yeah another long one Hopefully you're still with us. You might have had to split this into a couple parts. But uh like, like I've said before, car rides and uh put put it put a, a speaker in the in the bathroom for while you're showering. Listen to this while you're naked in the steamy and showering. Yeah. Break, break it up throughout your day. I like to yeah. listen to this kind of thing when I cook. Yeah, you know, put this on in the kitchen while you're Yeah, while you're you getting gotta, it done. Uh, if you're listening to this, you got to know that like this is cathartic stuff for us too. You know, we're getting we're cutting out of our daily grind to do this. This is okay. us spending spending time with our friends. Yeah, we like doing this uh, just because we like we do this because we like each other and yeah. And it it really is like like all the tangents that we go on. It it really is just us putting microphones in in front of our faces. And having a conversation like we normally would, whether it be on air or off air. Oh yeah, we do this. This is like you know being at Camp Blood with us. Yeah, yeah. Just, just we're not as drunk, right? Shooting the shit. Um, I don't know. I'm getting there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have I'll have another something because uh, I'm going to put another movie on when I go back downstairs. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Until next time. We are the Killer Pod crew. Love, peace, and chicken grease, as Jeff would say. We're out of here. We're out.